The Clock Dodgers podcast, as always, is sponsored by No Halftime. Download the app on your iPhone or Android device. No Halftime is a daily fantasy sports app. If you have not tried it yet, you are definitely missing out. When you sign up and register, you want to use the promo code CLOCK100. In doing so, No Halftime will actually match your first deposit on the site, on the app, um, it will trickle in. You won't get the money instantly, but it will trickle in. You will get that price. You will get that first deposit matched. No halftime is a daily fantasy sports app where you play player versus player challenges rather than drafting whole teams and using salary caps and worrying about all that kind of stuff. This is a true test of your of your fantasy fortitude and what you have, the knowledge that you have in just a player versus player matchup. You can play for free. You can play for money, um, $5 matchups, $10 matchups, all the way up. Um, and, you know, if you if you want to challenge me, it's, you know, the tag is Clock Dodgers. You also have leagues on there that you can join, and they're really expanding everything. A lot of stuff coming down the pipe. This is something you want to be a part of. Get your family and friends involved. Remember, promo code CLOCK100. It supports our sponsor, and it supports the podcast. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Uh, episode 45 of the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host, Neil. I have my co-host of my Thursday night podcast, which are actually recording a day later today. My my boy, Adam. How are we doing today, man? What up, what up, what up? All right. So normally we record this during Thursday night football. Um, instead, we're recording it the day after Thursday night football, which I don't know if it's a terrible thing because Thursday night football, as usual, was kind of disappointing. I mean... Unless you had San Diego's kicker, or in my case, we're playing against San Diego's kicker, <laughs> which I just I don't know what it is about these kickers on Thursday nights, but uh, they hate me. They do. And if you're a Chargers fan, of course you're happy. If you're a Broncos fan, you're disappointed. But from a fantasy standpoint, you know, kind of boring kickers. You know, Lambo went off, and then of course Hunter Henry um, did his thing. So those are kind of the highlights of the night, really. I mean. Yeah, that was basically it for fantasy. That was, that was basically it. As sad as that sounds, but let's let's what what I want to do today is I want to start with you know like a hot list because you know we're at week six here and so we're getting a lot of que- I get a lot I seem to be getting a lot of questions about a lot of like certain players and whether it's like an injury thing that's causing people to you know to ask questions whether it's um someone not living up to maybe a draft status so they're kind of panicking whether it's some you know people trying to predetermine a guy that's about to get hot so i just want to kind of run through some names really quick with you and we'll just kind of you know see whether it's important to discuss them whether you know people are right in their concerns or with their beliefs of what's about to happen with these guys so we're just going to kind of go through this hot list of players um the first one, and that's probably one of the ones I'm hearing the most, you know, I, we got a bunch of foul or no fouls for this week and a bunch of questions, and some of these are going to incorporate these guys, obviously. Um, so, the, so the first one is going to be Tony Romo. So I keep getting questions about Tony Romo. I guess you could say Dak Prescott, too, really. Um, and it seems like people are really concerned at this point whether, you know, Dak Prescott's going to keep the job, whether he's not. Um, you know, is Tony Romo going to be able to stay healthy if he does take the job back? When is this all going to happen? So it's a legitimate concern. Um, if, if as as a fantasy owner right now, Adam, are you 
trying to buy Tony Romo or pick him up? Or are you not really concerned about him right now? What is kind of like your opinion on him right now, your feeling? You know, he's kind of been off my radar a little bit, admittedly. I uh, I haven't really taken too much stock into, into thinking about, um, you know, how he'll be when he comes back. Because personally, I think he will be the starter. Um, Numberfire has done some really interesting things on quarterback metrics over the course of different careers. And uh, they look at, you know, the uh, the development of, of quarterbacks over the course of their career. And one of the things that I have just thought, basically throughout Romo's entire career is that he has this perception as a quarterback that, you know, people think is unreliable for some reason, but for fantasy, he's been super reliable. And, uh, I, I'll be really shocked if the Cowboys stick with Dak. Um, you know, he's played great as a rookie. He, he really has shown a lot in his time that he's uh, been able to be the starter there and, and he's led them to, you know, a lot of wins, but, Ultimately, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, the veteran presence of Romo is, is going to come back and take over. And right. from a fantasy perspective, I think that, uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about him as a potential trade target. I, I guess I would think, though, the guys who have held on to him for this long probably aren't going to give him up easily yeah. because they've held on to him. You know, it's one of those things where I've got some injured guys on my rosters that I've been holding on to for too long. And it's, you know a situation where if, if I've sat on a guy for, you know, five, six weeks already, then I'm probably not going to just turn around and, and hand him over to somebody. Right. But you can always test the market with bye weeks because, you know, people get desperate. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I'm a trade demon, man. So I always have to ask a trade perspective. So what about a guy like Prescott though? If you have him, do you, do you try to sell him? I mean, do you just hold on to him at this point? I mean, are you going to get value for Prescott for anybody? I mean, I guess if somebody needs a quarterback and they're looking at the waiver wire and there's, you know, you're in a deep enough league where there maybe isn't a lot of options, um, do, do you try to buy someone like him or do you just kind of let it be what it is at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because Dak was a guy who you picked up on the waiver wire. So, you know, I would hope that you you have someone else. Now, if you were somebody who drafted an Eli Manning or, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you may be panicking over those starters. But ultimately, I think you're going to have to figure out if that other guy who you still have on your roster, if you have anybody, is reliable. And uh, that's really where you have to make the call. As far as Dak's trade value, um, I mean, if he has value out there on the open market, if you know someone who, who believes in him or somehow thinks that he's going to take Romo's job and, and have this for the season, then by all means, sell right now. Because yeah. uh, you're not going to get any better value for him than at this current moment. Um, that I, being said, I was going to say, I, I it may even happen. be too late. You know what I mean, like at this point, yeah. like if you if you if you need a quarterback, I think it's too late to try to get Dak. Like, there's not really a enough of a of a reason. You know what I mean, because like you said, if you're a believer that when Tony Romo comes back, the job is his, which I think most people believe. I think the Cowboys have kind of said it, you know, that way. Um, you know, I think if you if you're looking for a quarterback, you probably should look another you know another way. Completely, and I think that uh, you know, Dak's a great guy for right now, and I know I've got a few rosters. Probably more than I like to admit, because I, I uh, invested in Tyrod Taylor a lot at the beginning of the year, so I, I've been streaming a lot this year already. And Dak is a guy who, you know, if you've been streaming, has, has been a great streaming option. But you're going to have to expect that before the end of the year, you're going to be streaming once again. So, so if, let, uh, let me let me put you in a situation. Yeah. Then 
say you need a quarterback for like we're just looking into the next three weeks or whatever, maybe three or four weeks. Are would you rather have Dak Prescott for those three or four weeks, or would you rather have Colin Kaepernick? I mean, I definitely rather have Dak. Um, I think that for the time that Dak's the starter, you know, he has top twelve weekly potential. Um, unless you're in a league that you know awards a ton of points for rushing production or or per carry production or something that you know tilts things in the favor of Colin Kaepernick's rushing ability. I, I'm not interested in Kaepernick at all. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go. Let's jump over to some of the other names here. Um, a guy I'm, I'm hearing some about. I think people are a little concerned about him. Are, are you worried about Diggs at all? I mean, we we've seen his potential in the beginning of the season. We've seen a little bit of it last season. You know, we we know what he can do, but it just seems like he hasn't been doing it. Um, so I've seen guys kind of wavering now. You know, there, there was guys like after the first game or two, they were like, I'm not giving up digs. I don't I hit gold. You know what I mean? I struck gold. And now they're like, man, you know, did I did I hold on too long for something that maybe is not going to happen again? Um, are you worried about it at all? Yeah, I mean, I was a guy who was saying that, you know, after he broke out that that he was a top 12 guy moving forward. And, and I really believe that um, now it it is it, it's kind of tough to really feel as confident about him as I once did. Um, you know, he, he's dropped off in production quite a bit since that, you know, breakout performance. But I think that after the bye, they have a really, really easy schedule. Um, I've actually been looking at it because I own a lot of Jarek McKinnon and, uh, I think that, uh, the Vikings are just really, I, I honestly think they're the most interesting team in the NFL so far this year. You know, the fact that they're undefeated, they kind of came out of nowhere. The storyline with Sam Bradford coming in last minute. They're a really interesting team, so I've been paying you know pretty close attention to them, and I think that as far as you know how things were going early on, it seemed like you know that relationship where Diggs was going to be that number one option, getting ten targets a game was going to be this reliable asset, but his you know target volume has dropped off a little bit. It seems like. Bradford spreading the ball around a little bit more. He's found a little bit more trust in other options there, especially Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's kind of going to be a mixed bag. I think that he probably falls more into a high upside wide receiver two guy. But ultimately, you know, with where people were drafting him, hopefully you don't have to rely on him as as a wide receiver one. And, you know, he is still, I think, going to put up some big weeks here and there. And I think that those are going to be huge for your fantasy teams. But uh, as far as every week reliability, I don't really see him being a guy that I can bench right now. I'm going to have to see, you know, something drop off because he's still had consistent target production. Yeah. He hasn't seen less than seven targets in any of his starts. And you know, coming off by it, it'll be interesting to see if they refocus the offense around him. Yeah. Yeah. I like him too. And if you can hold on to him, you know I mean? If you can afford to hold on to him, you know, say for instance, your record is good. You got some other guys, I would hold on to him and, and not, you know, not panic and move him or anything and undersell yourself at this point. So um, I, I would definitely hold tight. Um, another name that I, I keep being asked about whether, you know, people should trade for him. It seems like a lot of people are trying to trade for him right now is Doug Martin. Um, I don't think there's really any argument whether you know he has you know a lot of value at this point obviously sims going down i think helps him um i, I if you can trade for martin right now i do it you know what i mean I, I don't see any reason not to um they have a pretty good playoff schedule um 
you know, he, he's going to be the guy there, obviously. As, you know, barring health, there's no reason not to trade for a guy like Martin. Um, do you see any downside to Martin going forward once um, he comes back? I mean, his only downside is re-injury. Yeah, uh, that's I, it. I absolutely love him coming back. I, I really, you know, the offense there hasn't been great, but I think that one thing that they've really lacked is a consistent running game. Um, you know, it was one of those situations where, when Doug Martin went down, I was really excited for Charles Sims. But sometimes guys in full roles do not take on that ability well. And, you know, then he, he gets out injured and he, now he's out for season. And Jacquez came in there for one week and, and he performed well. So if Jacquez Rogers can come in for a week and perform yeah. like a wide or running back one, then I really think Doug Martin is in great position. You know, he finishes the running back three in fantasy last year. And I think that he's in prime position. And, you know, the uh, the uh, Tampa Bay running game is one that I've been looking at since the preseason as far as a running, you know, back uh, committee that I really wanted to be invested in because they play New Orleans twice in the fantasy playoffs. And New Orleans is god-awful against yep. running backs. So uh, Doug Martin's a guy that I would definitely be looking to trade for. That being said, I put some trade offers out there for him, and uh, it seems like his value, at least in the leagues I'm in, is basically what it was to start the year. It's It hasn't gone down much, and uh, his owners, I think, are pretty aware of the opportunity that he has there. Yeah, and, and you know, just just for my own standpoint, like as far as, like you said, he's, he was in a committee that you believed in, um, <clears throat> I think it's important to say that because there's a lot of guys, Freeman and Coleman, perfect example of a great committee to invest in. Um, you know, obviously Sims and, and Martin were a good one. There's there's a few out there like that. And it seems like guys get really, um, you know, afraid to, to put high value on guys like Freeman and Coleman or, or Doug Martin and Sims because they share the ball. But what people have to understand is certain offenses are built for those guys to share the ball and succeed at a high level. Um, even the even the Lions were doing it before Abdullah got hurt. I mean, the, the first game of the season, him and Riddick tore it up. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh yeah. if you have talented running backs, I, I wish people would stop being so afraid of those running backs, whether it's trading for them, whether it's trading them away. Like, don't, don't knock their value so much because they split the ball. Um, because you have to look at the, who, who you're talking about, what offense they're in, and kind of look at the success that they've had. Um, because if you look at like Coleman and Freeman, they, they have both like tore it up, like literally tore it up. They haven't been really disappointed at all. It's like, you know, how many weeks are you going to keep telling yourself? Oh, I don't know if it's going to be Coleman. I don't know if it's going to be Freeman. Like how many times are you going to say that when they both keep putting up points every week? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're both top 12 running backs right now. And it's one of those things where I think far too often people have this perception of like, there are these bell cow running backs and then there are these guys who don't get enough touches but when you're in these committee situations the benefit is you're fresh you know you don't have to be running the ball into these lines constantly your injury risk goes down you keep keep teams off you know off guard they don't know what's coming exactly so there is definitely some benefit to being in a committee. If nothing else, I don't think it's a huge detriment to anybody. I don't think it's a situation where just because somebody's in a committee that I'm not going to be as interested in them. Um, I think that 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 kind of thinking can get you in a lot of trouble because there are guys who were huge workhorses at the beginning of the year, like a Matt Forte, for instance, who are falling off dramatically really quick because that workload was not sustainable. Exactly. And if they and if they would have split them fifty fifty the whole season, you probably would still have Forte at a strong clip going forward, 
and just and, yeah. and, and and like Powell as, as well. You know what I mean? But instead, you're going to be a Forte owner who loved him the first couple of games, and now you're going to hate him the rest of the season. That's what's going to happen a lot of times. So yeah, I don't definitely. know, guys. Stop being afraid of the of the uh, the split carries, unless you know, depending on the team and the players. Um, another player, well, actually, two guys I keep hearing a lot from the same team. People are really worried: Lamar Miller and Hopkins. If, if you're a Lamar Miller or a Hopkins owner right now, are you panicking in any sense? Are you trying to get rid of these guys? Or are you one of the, the hopefuls who say, man, it can, it can only go up from here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't own either in any league. Neither do I. That's so I, weird. I, well, I was out on the Houston situation before the season started. Um, personally, I think Lamar Miller was a guy who uh, a lot of people got really excited about this situation. But, you know. Miami's coaches over the last few years looked dumb when he was, you know, getting only 15 touches a game and was performing as a top 12 fantasy running back. But now they look kind of smart because it seems like more touches isn't really the solution to success. And it's interesting that this piggybacks on the last conversation that we were just talking about in regards to committees versus these bell cow situations. There are guys who are better in committees. It just works out that way because they're fresher. They, you know, are able to catch defenses off guard, and they're not these sort of pound it over and over and over until they break a big run kind of guys. And you know, it's interesting when you have a player like Lamar Miller because I think everyone had this perception coming into the year that more carries was going to equal more success. And really, he's been one of those guys where. He's basically Melvin Gordon without any touchdowns. Yep. Now, if he had the touchdowns Melvin Gordon had, nobody would be questioning it at all. But he hasn't. He hasn't done anything in the red zone this year. I think uh, I've got it up here. He uh, He's had eight red zone opportunities so far this year and has yet to score on any of them. And, you know, eight isn't a ton. It's not a huge amount. That being said, I mean, it's definitely enough of a sample size to show that there's something not working there. And... Uh, as far as Nuke Hopkins goes, I think that uh, that situation is is one that just, you know, Brock Osweiler is not a quarterback you can believe in. I mean, honestly, as far as quarterbacks in the NFL go right now, he's bottom five. You know, yep, he's I, a guy. I, I said it when the Texans signed him, man. I, I didn't understand all that money being thrown at Osweiler. I couldn't comprehend it then. I can't comprehend it now. I mean, whether they get it together at some point here, who knows? But still, it's just like the money. It just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I just don't see yeah. it, you know? It's a quarterback league. People get overpaid all the time because there's hype and, and you know, people want to get that next big thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, they, they really just they, they, they made a mistake. And uh, I think that Nuke is, you know, he's paying the price. I think that he'll be decently consistent down the stretch um it seems like you know will fuller there has has really broken out and been something kind of special because he has that big playability and i don't know if nuke's ever going to get that aspect of the game back um that being said like it's it's a tough situation to feel confident about at all you know it's it's one of those situations that i think you probably want to avoid and i don't know if it's one of those you know I don't know if it's getting to the point yet where if you have Lamar Miller or Nuke, you want to be looking to sell them because their value has depreciated. That being said, if you know one of them comes out and has a big game, they're guys who I'd be looking to sell. Yeah, I think I think I might too if the offer was right. Like you said, if somebody offered me 
you know, like th- if, if somebody comes at you and they're a believer that they're going to turn around, they might still give you a fair price. You know what I mean? And um, I probably would cut bait, but it's not crazy to me either to believe they could turn it around. So either way, um, I understand anyone's position, whether they sit on them or whether they trade them. Um, one other guy, well, there's a couple of guys I want to mention, two, two running backs I want to get to before we jump into other stuff really quick. Um, speaking of Dolphins, Foster looks like he'll play this week. Um, again, I think we've spoken about him in the past. A guy that I love, I believe in, I love his talent, but do I think he's not going to get hurt again? You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, that's kind of the thing right now. Um, are you excited if you're a foster owner right now and he's coming back, or are you thinking it's going to be the same old story? I am a foster owner, and I do not really know if excitement over the Dolphins offense can ever be said. Um, are you going to start but, him this week? Uh, definitely not this week. No, no. I think that uh, starting guys when they're coming back off injury is really a touch-and-go kind of situation where only in the most desperate of situations are you going to start a guy, and, and you can't really count on him for much. Uh, I think that if you start Arian Foster this week, it's just a week too soon. That being said, I mean, if he's healthy moving forward, he's you know he's someone I invested in before the season, and and I think I got to stick with that investment in regards to you know he's he's going to be a spot play in certain situations, but I feel like most running backs are right now. You know, their matchup plays the vast majority of the position, and. For me especially, because I was a big proponent of zero RB to start the year, I've got a lot of running back situations that are kind of in flux. So I'm looking, you know, not necessarily this week against Pittsburgh. And honestly, the week after they play Buffalo. So it's a, it's a little rough for Miami upcoming schedule-wise. But, um, you know, if uh, if Foster can stay healthy down the stretch, I think that uh, in, their, in their matchups that, you know, push more towards a, a run split or, or push more towards a uh, situation where he'll be catching balls out of the backfield. I think that, you know, he can be serviceable. All right. So say you say you're, you know, you did a lot of zero running back drafts. Say you're a guy who has Foster this week. You have to start one of these two guys. You have Foster this week or you have Forsett, who's now in Detroit with Riddick out this week, I believe. Yeah. Riddick is out. So, and I think Dwayne Washington's hurt too. So, if you had a start between one of those two, who would you pick this week? Uh, b- between Foster and Forsett? Yeah. Gosh, that's There's going to be guys um, in this kind of bind, so I always want to yeah, ask. Yeah, no, of course. No, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, I think in that situation, I, I, I probably would still lean Forsett, even though it you know pains me to even say. <laughs> I, wait, I mean... God, I yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I really don't know what I do in that situation. Yeah, honestly, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I might go for set too, just because, like you said, Foster coming off an injury, it's it's kind of a risky thing to see. You know how they're going to ease him back. Yeah, uh, I really don't know what his usage is going to look like. I doubt that he's going to get more than you know, fifteen touches in the game. Yeah. So and Forsett might be the guy in Detroit this week. Like he might be like one of the only guys going. So. He he could be. I mean, it doesn't seem like they trust Zach Center there. So at least for a between the tackles role, I mean, Theo Riddick looked great last week, but they were utilizing him in space, which is where he does well. And so, like I said, he's out this tackles. week. I think. Oh, is he? Yeah, I believe he's out. Oh wow, I didn't catch that. Okay, so that's uh, why I say Forsett's interesting this week if if Riddick's out. He's, yeah, if Riddick is out, he is he's really interesting, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I think I he's out because I want to say in my ESPN league, I got one of those alerts saying, like, you have a player in your lineup who is no longer in the games or whatever. <laughs> man, I feel bad. I dropped the ball there. Yeah. Sorry. No, man. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm delusional. Maybe you're right. 
No, it's okay. I'm looking it up. Right <laughs> hey, man, got got to bring the goods. To the listeners. No, he, he is he's officially out. So, yeah. uh, so yeah. In that regard, uh, I I honestly think Justin Forsett is the veteran there. Um, he yeah, he would definitely be the start in that situation over Foster. And uh, I don't know, he could be a sneaky GPP play for, yep. uh, for guys who play daily. I was gonna say even in you know daily, or even if you're in someone in a in a bad situation right now, like you really need a running back, and you know your record is not good and you really need a win, like in the worst way right now, he might be a guy that you can get from somebody at not at not a crazy cost. Um, and, of course, I always say communication is important in trade. So you can always make it sound like nothing. Like, you know, oh, you know, Riddick's going to come back. It's his job. And, you know, try to get him for the cheap and just use him for this week to get a W. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a bad idea. Or like you said, in DFS and stuff like that, I don't think he's a terrible option because I think he still has talent. You know what I mean? Yeah, Definitely. So we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, that's pretty much the hot names for right now. I mean, you, of course, there's Reed, who's out for a concussion, which is concerning, especially if you're in, like, a dynasty league or something, and you have Reed right now. I think it's kind of concerning at this point. Um, and then the other name I wanted to bring up was Jeffrey. You know, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't really performed. Oh, I was know. hoping you'd get to that one. Yeah, I know. He's, I know. So, see, like, th- th- those are kind of your thing right now. I feel like the, the hurt guys, you know, you know, you have a favorite guy that I don't want to bring up right now because I don't want to argue with you yet about him. <laughs> But, you know, guys like Jeffrey Foster, you know, somebody I almost slipped and said his name right now. Um, it's those guys. You have a soft spot in your heart for them, man. So here's the thing about Jeffrey that people are really, really overlooking is ultimately who the Bears have played so far this year. Because the Bears schedule has been really tough. So over the course of the season so far, um, the Bears have played multiple top five pass defenses. And on top of that, the situations where they have not played a top five pass defense has been this most recent week against the Colts, where uh, Verrett was basically shadowing him all game. So I think that they're in a situation where, you know, Hoyer has looked really good there. And he said multiple times, you know, I'm not going to force the ball to Jeffrey. But their schedule is opening up really, really beautifully, um, with the exception of a, a game against the Vikings that I'm sure they're going to get crushed. But, uh, but uh, outside of that, you know, they play Jacksonville this week. Uh, they've got Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Giants, an upcoming schedule. I think that uh, it's really going to be a situation where Alshon Jeffries, a guy who I, I am trying to trade for, um, really? is someone who, yeah, in all honesty, you know, I think it's one of those situations where, I can't really pinpoint why he's not been successful. And if I'm in a situation where I can't pinpoint why a guy's not been successful, I'm curious to know if, you know, there's something that I'm not paying attention to. And and as I was looking closer at it, it seemed like it's really just a defensive matchup kind of thing. So if he has a bad week this week, not even a bad week, he gets 10, 12 points, whatever he's been doing, um, you may be able to get him for a really good price, and so you're saying that you would you would you would buy low on Jeffrey right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking to buy low right now. Now, however, if he if he has another bad week this week, I may honestly wait it out until the Vikings game because if he has a great game against Green Bay, it might just get soured by everybody when he has another bad game against the Vikings, that's and then true. I'll look to trade for him for the playoff run. <laughs> um, yeah, which is, I mean, that's something I'm always looking to do is I'm always looking to accumulate talent for the playoff run, especially down the stretch, you know weeks nine ten and beyond there are when i'm looking as long as your record allows you to 
Exactly. Well, <laughs> a lot of guys forget that, man. A lot of guys are like yeah, exactly. one in four, and they're talking about their playoff schedule, and it's like, are you sure you're going to get there, man? <laughs> I guess to each their own. I, I kind of come from a poker background, so for me, the philosophy is always I want to win my league. I'm not really just trying to make the playoffs in my league, and you know there is that philosophy of you know if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And really, in fantasy football, it definitely is true. I mean, it's a crazy weekly game where. You can have scores that just ping-pong all over the place. You can be at 60 points one week and 130 the next. That being said, I, I think that uh, for myself, the strategy that I normally go for is I'm looking to condense talent towards the end and, and really just trying to make a push for, you know, once I get in the playoffs, having that, that team that I think is going to win it all. And, uh, you know... Sometimes it, it bites me in the butt and I miss the playoffs, but you know, other times it leads me to fantasy. No, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I do that same thing too because I, for some reason, and you can call me crazy, but it's just kind of my mentality. When I go into fantasy leagues, like I never think like, oh, I'm not going to make the playoffs. I mean, like it's not even a, it's not even a thought for me. Like I'm like, I'm going to make the playoffs, so let's get the playoff schedule right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I just have to think that way. I think everyone should think that way, but I don't think some some guys don't. But I do look at the playoff schedule. Like I've been holding on to Jameis Winston in this one league that I'm struggling in, Doug Martin that I'm struggling in, just because I look at the playoff schedule and I'm like, man, this could be so sweet when it gets to the playoffs. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's true. So I, I struggle. You know, so even if my team is struggling, sometimes I'm like, still like, man, if I could just hang in, get some wins, trade everybody but these guys, I got a chance. So I don't know, man. I I think I had like that as well. So. Um, we'll see. Jeffrey might be got a target for real. Um, we'll see how that goes. And the, and the other guy, I'm not going to say his name right now. I'm going to make you hold it in the whole <laughs> podcast. If anyone, anyone who's listening right now, who's listened the last three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, I'm sure they know who we're talking about, but I, I'm interested you know, anyone listening right now to you know, kind of keep that name in your head. Cause I'm going to bring it up. We're going to go into it. Um, but what I, what I want to do is I want to jump off the hot list really quick. I want to jump over, um, to let's do, you want to do the no halftime challenges or blackjack first? What are you feeling like today, Adam? Oh, uh, let's get the no halftime stuff. That's what I figured. Let's, let's do fun. no halftime. All right. So as everyone knows, no halftime challenges, no halftime is a sponsor of the Cloud Dodgers podcast. It's a daily fantasy sports app, uh, where you can play player versus player challenges instead of, you know, whole teams. And, you know, me and Adam have been running this challenge, um, for the last couple of weeks, what what you had the record, Adam, for me and you? Yeah, right now, uh, both weeks I've gone three and two on you. In the two weeks that we've ran it, uh, we missed last week because we didn't record, so we just skipped it. Um, so I'm up six four right now. Thanks to Hurricane Matthew, we missed that week, but six four. I still have a chance. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, so we're gonna run through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and flex. Um, for players that we would play this week, and we when we go heads heads up, and we we kind of we're gonna run this record all the way through and see who ends up as the the no halftime champion here against each other. Um, so for this week, I'm gonna let you start off. Who are you playing at quarterback this week? All right. So um, you actually you took my my number one overall quarterback this week. So this is one of those situations where I had to uh, had to go for number two. Um, so I'm going with Angry Brady. Uh, you know, the Patriots are at home this week, and I feel like they've unlocked something real special in that offense with their two tight end sets. And I think moving forward, it's going to be one of those things where they're just a matchup nightmare for everyone. Uh, playing at home, I, I really expect them to come out and have a multiple passing touchdown game. Uh, Cincinnati has not done that well against the pass this year. I think they're uh, in the bottom 10 of, of pass defenses, so it's definitely a, a good matchup. 
So I, uh, you know, I think that um, it has the at least the opportunity to be able to outperform uh, the guy that you're about to talk about, who uh, who I think is you know the number one play at uh, quarterback in fantasy listen, this week. Listen, man, I have to take the lead in this challenge. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with being behind anymore against you. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take the quarterback who will not fail me at home this week. He better not fail me. If he fails me, I'm cursed. So I chose Drew Brees. You got Mr. Man on fire. I have Drew Brees at home, and that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> if he was away, I wouldn't have chosen him, but he's at home, and I feel like you know a big week is in store here. Um, so, yeah, man, Brees versus Brady. That's not bad. That's that's a pretty um, marquee matchup there, man. That's a. I know. We got the. We don't got, normally go that high at quarterback. Yeah, so, uh, we brought the big guns out. I know. All right, so we got the big guns out at quarterback. At running back, who do you have this week at running back? So I actually go in with somebody who I just think has been really old reliable so far this year. Um, a old faithful. Who, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who I even was drafting a lot this season in fantasy because he never gets injured. He is the one running back who never gets injured. And I'm knocking on wood as I speak because I just <laughs> jinxed him for this week. But uh, I uh, I took Frank Gore going against the Texans defense. Um, the Texans have just been really rough without J.J. Watt against the run so far this year. So I think it's one of those situations where I don't expect Gore to blow up and have a huge game. That being said, uh, the matchup that you you are going to put out there for him to be up against, I think that uh, he has a really high floor. And I don't really know if your guy can uh, can pass that, that high floor that I think oh, Gore has. Oh, you week. better believe he can, my friend. My pick this week is Ryan Matthews, who, as long as he stays healthy in this game, will spank Gore. He's going to spank him, man. That right there, those two, our quarterback and our running back, will have me at 6 and 6 in our records. So now we got to see who we have at wide receiver, tight end, and flex, whether I'm going to go 7, 8, and 9 and 6 against you. Or if we're going to stay a little closer than that. my I'm going to start with my wide receiver this time. My wide receiver that I'm going with, this is going to be probably bad. Because he may not play this week. <laughs> so if he doesn't, technically I do not get a loss. Because as we know, no halftime ch- challenges get voided if a guy does not play. So this is me gambling here. If he plays, my wide receiver pick is Coates. Now the question is, do you want me to have an alternate? Or do you want me to get this thing voided if Coach doesn't play? <laughs> I feel like you're dodging me here. Like I maybe. took a lead. This may be strategy. This may be like, strategy. Maybe I'll just pick injured players because like they're <laughs> gonna have a big game or they won't play. If they don't play, then, then I, I mean it's not my fault they didn't play. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I have to switch things up, man. When you're behind in the record, you have to switch things up. Yeah, uh, um, from what I'm reading, they are going to play Sammy Coates, so uh, I think we'll just move forward with him there. And, yeah, you know, I'll probably get one reception or something. All right. All right. That's exactly what <laughs> gonna happen, but uh, I, I gave you the opportunity to switch out. so uh, yeah, It's going to blow up my face. My, my slickness is going to blow up my face, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has a prime matchup, though, against Miami, so if, if he plays, you know, I, I'd get why you took him there. Who, who are you going to play against me who all he needs to do is get more than one catch to win? So, yeah, I'm going super deep at the position here. Uh, kind of a guy who broke out a little bit last week for the Bears. I, I'm going with Cameron Meredith. I think that uh, the uh, the second option in that offense has really been someone Hoyer has been targeting a lot. And uh, 
you know, I do think that Jeffrey is going to get work again this week. That being said, I think that, uh, that Cameron Meredith is going to do enough to outproduce Coates, who I, uh, I just think is going to have a down week. Just to sidetrack us for a second, you did mention that Hoyer said, I am not going to force feed Jeffrey the ball. Um, Meredith, I love Meredith. I think he has a lot of talent. He's have a lot of opportunities there. Um, but w- when you said he said he's not going to force feed Jeffrey the ball, do you feel like that that's f- a fair statement? I mean, when a guy is like you're, you know, you're your guy, like he's your number one guy. I mean, shouldn't you try to force feed the ball? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it, I think it's one of those things that that's more political. Yeah, than it. yeah. It's like he's just politicking. Where it's one or of those maybe. Situations. The young gun is just coming up, man. Maybe the young gun Meredith is better. Maybe. I mean, you know, he, he got the start right at the beginning. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I like him and Meredith. I actually like him a lot. I, I was really happy that, uh, that the Bears acquired him. And, and it's one of those situations where, you know, I, uh, I'm kind of happy Kevin White went down. Yeah. I think and Meredith shows a little bit more uh, long-term talent for the Bears, and I'm interested to see what he can do. Um, but really for this matchup, it was kind of one of those situations where I wanted to make it fair, so uh, so I went deep. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so you're just picking on me at this point. All right, that's cool. So tight end. I think I, I suck at this on tight end, but um, I said, you know what? Let me stack my quarterback with a tight end, if my quarterback's going to have a big week, my tight end may have a big week with him. Um, he's kind of been hit or miss basically this year, but I feel good about it. He's, I think he's getting stuff down. I'm going with Fleener at tight end. Fleener at tight end. Do not fail me at home with my boy Drew Brees. Who do you have to challenge my athletic Saints tight end? So uh, coming off the bye, I, uh, I'm going with Jimmy Graham for Seattle. I think that Seattle's finally going to be able to put things together coming off the bye. They're playing against Atlanta, who's just been terrible against tight ends this year. They have the second-to-worst uh, pass defense against tight ends. So it's one of those situations where I feel like the, uh, the defensive matchup is great. They're coming off a bye, which is great. You know, Wilson's going to be another week rested, which is great. So I think that there's a lot of, you know— uh, thumbs pointing up in the direction of uh, the Seattle offense this week. And I'm, I'm hoping that it, it ends up being a situation where they, uh, they utilize Graham like they have the uh, past few weeks because his target share has been steadily increasing since week two. That being said, uh, they do have Lockett, who looks like he's healthy and, and going to return this week. So it'll be interesting to see how that divvies up the target share. But, uh, but I'm pretty confident that, that Graham has a good opportunity, especially to catch a touchdown against a uh, Atlanta defense that's just been letting up a lot of points to tight ends this year. Does this have anything to do with me picking Fleener? You're going to pick the ex-Saint, show him up, like I could leave and do better than you type of thing, like an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, like I'm going to move on and do better than you. That's what this feels like. This feels spiteful. That's okay. Oh, all my picks are spiked. That's I'd okay. Get that by now. <laughs> and Who's then we're gonna Oakland this week. <laughs> yeah, very spiteful, man. And now we're gonna move on to flex, which all right at flex, I'm switching things up. I couldn't do a wide receiver. I couldn't do a running back. I had to throw something different in the mix. I thought I was being creative. I went with Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going against the Raiders. 
Um, the Raiders, although they have a good record, although they're leading their division, all this kind of good stuff, um, their defense is still proven to be pretty soft at this point, um, generally speaking, um, especially against tight ends. Um, they, they seem to give up touchdowns to tight ends, so I feel like Kelsey should do decent in this game. I feel like he should do good for me as a flex. He should catch a touchdown or two. I feel good. Who are you gonna? Who, who you got to beat, Kelsey? Oh, just just to start, I really hope Kelsey catches the game-winning touchdown. Oh, to don't even say Raiders. that. Two what? And then, oh my god! And then you win the no halftime challenge against me. Like I'll take the loss at this position. Wow! Just to watch the seriously, <laughs> dude. I'm trying to get the Raiders into the um the top five of the split tens by Eddie, and I've been like arguing with him every week. Like, man, the Raiders belong in the top five. And he's like, nah, not not ready for it. Not ready for it. <laughs> And still, he's telling me they're not ready. He says maybe if they win this week against KC, he might have to, unfortunately, do it. Um, it, but would, uh, it would be a heck of a win. The uh, The line has shifted quite a bit in that game. Uh, I believe it started at a, a plus one um, for the Raiders, and now it's shifted to a, to a minus two. And uh, it's one of those situations where Andy Reid has been just dynamite over the course of his career coming off a bye. He has a record of 15-2. and two. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, Kelsey's a great pick at tight end. So that was really well done by you. Um, for the flex, I wanted to make sure that I, I took some really explosive upside to be able to compete with you there because I think that Kelsey's in a really good position to produce this year, uh, this week for his fantasy owners. So uh, I went ahead and I took Willie Sneed. I think that, like you've said with Breeze before, uh, playing at home, He's just been lights out over the course of his career. Those splits are ridiculous. His home and away splits are just insane that, that he's that more productive at home. But there's something about being in the Dome and, and you know having those perfect conditions to play in. And uh, I think that Willie Sneed is uh, another week healthier from, from the injuries he's been dealing with. And I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see after the bye if he just you know comes out and does what he did in the first two weeks of the season. That was a smart move, man. That's a guy that, you know, any given play can catch a 75-yard bomb, take it to the house. So definitely, like you said, an explosive guy that, to counteract my pop, slow plotting, touchdown catching tight end. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. Really got to frustrate me. We have three Saints in this in this challenge here. I know. This can be I, a, I guess we we I guess we're geniuses over here, man. We're capitalizing on that offense at home. At home, man. I think this this is an interesting week, man. I think this is the week I I tip the scales, man. I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna catch up, man. I don't like playing from behind. It's not fun. <laughs> not fun at all. Now that is our no halftime challenges. Yeah, I mean, as always, man. If you're listening, I mean, I know you you're siding with me, but you know, feel free to hit us up. You know, let us know who you think uh, has got the advantage this week. Um, you can be nice to Adam and. You know, let him feel good. He might have he might, <laughs> he might have some stuff here. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. We'll see. It'll be interesting. But um, I definitely got to at least tie this. I can't tie it up. I guess we can't. Can we be even after this week? Seven, eight. No, sir. No, we can't. So one of us had to be in the lead. And hopefully that's me. But even if I just get it closer, that's all I ask for. Um, I guess unless unless Coates doesn't play, then, yeah. then maybe there's a way. Yeah, oh, oh, that's my secret that, weapon. That's, your trick. <laughs> that's a secret weapon. I got a place to call to somebody. Like, listen, man, lots at stake here. You make a lot of money. Just sit this one out. <laughs> I got a lot riding on this. Um, so the no halftime challenge is, again, if you don't have it already, go download it um, on your Android or your iPhone device. It's actually a new promo code, too, CLOCK100, um, which will 
any your first deposit up to one hundred dollars, they'll match it. Um, but it's kind of that trickling effect, so it doesn't all just hit instantly. It's just kind of as you play, um, they keep putting that money in at a certain rate. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Um, so again, that's no halftime challenges. Now over to fancy trade blackjack, which I want to get to. Um, I got some quicker ones this week, though. I, I, I didn't add three, four, five, six, seven players. Um, I'm kind of going for some one for ones this week. Um, some one for twos also. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna like not go far in it. So if you don't like it out the gate, it's just gonna be like one of those bust kind of situations on some of them. Um, but are you ready for fancy trade blackjack, man? I know you said you're a poker guy, but are you ready for blackjack? Oh, you know it. I gotta figure out a poker game, man. Since, you know, that's your thing. I got to see if I can figure out a way to make fancy trade poker. But for now, fancy trade blackjack. Let's go. They say everybody has a price, and we're about to find out. It's time for fantasy trade blackjack. Let's deal. So the first name I'm putting out here on the table, the first card on the table um, is going to be Cam Newton. All right, so he's dealing with some injuries, concussions. Some people are really concerned. Um, I have Cam Newton in quite a few leagues, and I've got some offers for him from people. So I, I don't know what the overall majority sentiment is, whether people are trying to buy low, hoping that Cam Newton owners are panicking, or if people are trying to sell him to get you know to get out from under it. I don't know. But Cam is the name on the table, and I want to see what you say about this. This is a quarterback for a quarterback. And this guy has actually outperformed Cam Newton up until this point, and it's Matt Ryan. So if you were uh, offered for Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, what would you do? Yeah, I'd be turning that down in a heartbeat. I, I'd need a hit, definitely. Uh, okay. I'd be more than that. And just so people know why, okay, so so Matt Ryan is obviously, I think he's number one quarterback in the league right now. Is that right? Uh, you know, Or close to it. Close to so. it if he's not. Actually, I could probably tell you in two seconds here, and I lied. Uh, I thought I had that tab up. <laughs> so, so he has, but, but just you know, just for you know purposes, he has no injuries, not dealing with any injuries. He's one of the top QBs in football right now. Um, so you wouldn't do this trade, is it because you're not concerned about Cam's you know concussions? Is it that you have no faith in Matt Ryan? I mean, you you said you have to hit, but I was just curious if you can tell people why you feel that way. So I think it's a situation where um, Matt Ryan actually is the number one in fantasy right now. I was able to pull that up for you. And is it by um, a lot? So, Can you tell? Is it by a lot? Yeah, um, he's got a, a decent lead over Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Eleven points right now in a in a standard format where it's four points for uh, passing touchdowns. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I think that it's a situation where you know Cam Newton has struggled a lot to start the year, and you know that whole that whole offense and that whole team has struggled. Um, I do not think that uh, that they're they're going to continue to struggle. Um, Cam Newton still has that fantastic rushing ability, um, rushing touchdowns, and in, in any you know four point per passing touchdown league, give you a nice boost. They're they're a touchdown and a half. So if it's in that sort of format, I think that uh, that gives him a little bit of an advantage there as well. And um, yeah, I uh, I just think that that they're going to be able to get things back on track here slowly but surely. Plus, Matt Ryan's schedule gets really tough coming up here. Um, the the Falcons and their upcoming schedule, uh, I'm pulling it up right now because I, I was looking at it, and they're one of those teams that uh, 
you know, I've been invested in a lot early this year, but but I'm getting a little wary of. Um, and, 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 in, and, and in short, so basically, you don't think Cam will be as bad as he's been, and you don't think Matt Ryan will be as good as he's been, right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the. the I mean, that's that's pretty much what I'm saying here. Um, with that in mind, I think it's also a situation where you know Cam Newton still has that name appeal. So if someone is making that offer for Cam Newton, you might be able to get a little bit more extra out of them. Um, Matt Ryan is not really a guy who I'm targeting right now. Yes, yeah. I, I don't try and target guys at their peak, um, which I think is where Matt Ryan is. And let me ask you: so you said yeah. hit, and I know you know just personally, you're kind of you're not you're not a big believer in Forte. You feel like he's gonna be broken before the season ends. So if someone came at you with Matt Ryan and Powell, would you trade Cam Newton? It's probably not enough. Um, so yeah, in that situation, I, I'd need another hit, or, or I'd need to you know swap out Powell for for a guy who's a little bit more valuable. Um, okay. But but yeah, I mean, you're getting the right idea. I mean, really, I think Matt Ryan and a piece would would get me there. But you know, that's that's the thing when you are making trades like this because it's it's one of those situations where you have to be really cognizant of what's happened so far, but also realize that you don't get any of those points. So right, it really right. is this point forward. So they are at a clean slate starting this week forward. Matt Ryan looks way better than anyone expected him to coming into the year. He's been the number one fantasy producer through the first five weeks. And I don't think that's going to drop off dramatically. I think that he has, you know, definite potential to be a top five quarterback at the end of the year, or at least a top 10 quarterback. That being said, I think Cam Newton is going to rebound a ton from where he's at right now. So I think it's one of those situations where I'm going to bank on the guy who's shown me over the last few seasons to be successful Whereas Matt Ryan has shown me that he's a pretty average quarterback who is having a phenomenal start to a year. Right. See, I, see, I, I do these in, in, in the trade blackjack, but I always think it's interesting when, you know, you try to present trades to people. And, you know, for like I said, Cam Newton's been injured. People are worried going forward whether it'll be a trend, you know, whether they'll shy away from running the ball with him because of it. Um, and, and Matt Ryan is, you know, played out of his mind. And so, you know, one, one of those things that happens a lot in trades, especially, you know, kind of this is still fairly early in the season. We're not at the halfway point yet, but um, you get a lot of situations where guys won't trade guys, like you said, because of names. Um, and I always wonder, like, you know, when, when do you when do you when it when is enough enough as far as how bad a guy is doing or struggling or how good a guy is doing? You know what I mean? Um, sure. And it happens all the time. Like you got guys like even like Curly. Okay, for the last two weeks, Curly's had like twenty plus points. If you're in a PPR league and stuff, and now of course they're switching quarterbacks, and so that kind of muffles things up. But like you see names like him pop up. I'm trying to think of some others that you know no one expected, and they just start doing well. And it's like, at what point do you say, okay, this guy is real, and my struggling guy is really struggling? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You have that, you know, that balance. Where is it a stubbornness? Is it just a, a, a un, you know, I don't believe in the other guy? Is it, you know, where does that? It's such a thin line. You know what I mean? Is what I'm trying to say. For sure, and I think that that's one of the uh, things that's toughest about fantasy in regards to like I think a lot of people approach it as like a, you know, you want to buy high and sell or yeah, sorry, buy low and sell high kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, hey um, man, if you buy high and sell low, you know, <laughs> so it's up to you. <laughs> but uh, well, actually, that's kind of what I was going to address. Is I think that a lot of times people don't realize that you know they can buy ascending players before their value really peaks, and they can get out on guys who are you know, deflating who are going to continue to get worse. And I think too often we think that everything is going to sort of equalize. These guys who are having bad seasons are going to get better. These guys who are having great seasons are going to falter. 
But, you know, it doesn't always happen that exactly. way. Exactly. There are some guys who take off and just have huge once-in-a-career you know once in a career type seasons, and you can catch them, you know, in week five, week six, like we're in right now, whereas, you know, most public perception is going to be that they're just going to fall back down to, to the mean and they're just going to, you know, equalize. Yeah, I, I'm big on taking risks. You know what I mean? Whether it's trying to get a guy before you know you're really sure about him, or selling a guy before you're really sure he's gonna you know struggle. I'm kind of that you know that gambler when it comes to fantasy football. Cause I think without you know without risks, you're kind of just you know playing it too safe, and then you never really get ahead. Sometimes, um, sure, it could cause you to lose. You know what I mean? And so it's one of those things where you could lose big because of it. But I feel like you know if you don't take the risk, it's hard to get that edge on people do you know what i mean definitely it's just one it's just kind of my way of doing it all right so that's not a good trade for you you're sticking with cam newton you're not worried about him like i said i always want people to understand with the trade blackjack it's not always about um can we get the trade done or you know in a vacuum i know a lot of things are in a vacuum and stuff but i kind of it's 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 more to see where we value guys right now um not necessarily you know would you physically make this trade straight up for straight up but the next one a guy who's been doing good a rookie that people didn't expect his the job wasn't his he's been handed it because of injuries it's howard howard in chicago you are a chicago man um so howard has been balling right and he's the card on the table and i'm gonna offer you straight up a guy who like I, we spoke about earlier some people are worried you know he's splitting carries is his his fellow running back mate is doing so well is he gonna get the job more um so howard for Freeman, freeman straight up for Devonta Freeman? Devonta Freeman, straight up. Mm, that's really close. Um, I mean, Howard's been on fire. He's the only guy with the job. You know, you got people, like I said, who don't believe that Freeman is the guy in Atlanta, that he can't keep it up, that, you know, Coleman is going to eventually keep stealing more and more. So in this situation, you know, do you is Freeman enough to, to trade for Howard? Is it not enough? I mean, it's one of those situations where perspective is really going to be heavily involved in this one, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that Freeman is enough. I think that perception of him, kind of as we were talking about earlier, is, is you know, oh, he's in a he's in a timeshare. You know, oh, Coleman is doing better than he is. You know, and it's it's one of those things that, uh, personally, I like guys in those situations. Yep, I do too, they're, man. They're fresh, and you know, he's showing right now that he's a top twelve back in a situation where he's not getting the majority of the touch, like I shouldn't say the majority, he's not getting a huge uh, workload. So if we run into a situation where, you know, Tevin Coleman gets injured or misses any time, Tafonta Freeman showed us last year, he could be the number one running back in fantasy. And he's showing us this year that that wasn't a fluke at all. So I would love a trade of uh, Jordan Howard for for Devonta Freeman because he presents a situation right now where every week I think he still has pretty comparable upside to Jordan Howard while you know having that that crazy upside of running back one potential overall not not NRB one but the running back one if uh, if Tevin Coleman misses time. Yep. <clears throat> again, one of the situations I wanted to put you in because, you know, again, Howard's the man. No one's no one's threatening him. And Freeman, he's in the split. I mean, I, I just wanted to see where you went. I think it's important to pay attention to why the players are the players that are in the blackjack on the table. It's important. So that that's a deal for you. You would do it. 
most definitely. All right, absolutely. All right, cool. The next guy I'm throwing on the table, the the main card in the deal here is Cooper, Amari Cooper, for the Raiders. Finally had a big week last week, and so the two names I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna throw two names out the gate at you for him, okay? Because I because I'm a Raider fan, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna throw two names at you, and the names I'm throwing at you are Marvin Jones and Travis Benjamin. Is that enough for Cooper? That's that's a close one because uh, I think Marvin Jones and Cooper are pretty close the rest of the season just on their own. Um, but Travis Benjamin doesn't really do a lot for me. Uh, that offense has really started to go away from him quite dramatically with the emergence of Hunter Henry, which has uh, just kind of been something kind of crazy. But uh, They're yeah, spreading the that ball around hard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Henry's been the only one who's been reliable there, and uh, they've been playing wide receiver roulette. You know, Inman's had a good week. I think that... Uh, that Tyrell Williams there had uh, the target market share another week, so it's kind of been a little bit of a mess. So uh, really, I don't think Benjamin does much for me there. Um, but straight up, rest of the season, I honestly, I'm going to break your heart. I like Marvin Jones over Amari Cooper rest of the season. I think that uh, he still has the touchdown upside that I don't think Amari has in that offense. It's pretty obvious that Carr locks in on Crabtree in the red zone, and yeah. I think that... Uh, you know, as much as people want to overlook it, even in PPR leagues, touchdowns win weeks. And it is a weekly game in fantasy. And, uh, you know, you can have those guys go off for 100-yard games and, you know, have eight catches, and that's an amazing week. But if you don't have touchdowns on your fantasy roster, it's really hard to win on a given week, regardless of the format. So I want the guy who I think is going to put up over 10 touchdowns this year. He's already, you know, showing an amazing ability to catch a bunch of touchdowns and he is the target hog in that offense. So I would, uh, I'd take the side of Jones and, and Benjamin. And, uh, honestly, I, I don't even know. I may even counter for just a straight up Jones <laughs> and for Cooper. Cause I don't know if, uh, if Benjamin's a throw in that I'm really looking for at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper's a funny thing, man. Cause like you said, he didn't have any touchdowns before last week. Um, and you know, it was kind of like the talk, um, around, you know, like Raider, the Raider camp and everything, or not camp and practice and stuff was like, you know, Cooper doesn't have any touchdowns yet. Like, are you upset about this Cooper? Like, are you worried about, you know, not having any touchdowns? Do you care? Um, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I was, you know, wondering after that happened, if the Raiders were going to try to force him the ball because of that. Um, because, you know, you want to give your guy, you know, especially the guy that's a young, you know, everyone's talking about him. You want to kind of, you know, put him on the, on the front of the paper and stuff, you know? So, um, I don't know if the Raiders are going to force it to him every week, but it did It did seem like there was like a vibe. I just felt like, okay, we're going to keep trying to get this guy the ball. You know I mean, which is smart, but it yeah. just felt like, you know, you know, he. I think Carr does trust Crabtree a lot. You know what I mean? Especially, in, like you said, the red zone. Um, I think it's hard to argue that he trusts, you know, Crabtree more than Cooper at this point. Um, yeah, I want to turn something on you real quick because I think yeah. that this is a fun little game to play. So if you had the option in a standard scoring league, non-PPR, would you take Crabtree over Cooper rest of season? Man, that's so difficult. Um, hmm. Ah, man, that's tough for me, man. Um, I th- non-PPR. Non-PPR. I think... 
Just straight up, right? Like if it was a trade or something, just straight up, just one or the other. Yeah, just straight up. Yeah. But more or less, I mean, not even a not even a trade, trade just, just straight format, up. Just an idea of like if you had to pick who you think is going to have the better fantasy season in a standard format, rest of season. You know, be Crabtree or Cooper. I think I I I could totally see going Crabtree, um, because like you said, PPR. Okay, so that already takes out points per reception, so I'm not worried about that. Then you know, yard wise. You know, if Cooper is not getting touchdowns, which I, I can see totally see how Crabtree ending the season with more touchdowns, um, then you know, without PPR, you're not looking at a lot. You know what I mean? Like even if it's a hundred yards every game, you know, with Crabtree getting even fifty yards and a touchdown, forty yards and a touchdown, he's still beating them. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I could totally see taking Crabtree over Cooper. I pro- I probably would. I mean, at this point, um, I mean, maybe if Cooper has another week again like he did last week, he just kind of doubles up on it and does it again, and I'll, maybe I'll feel better about it. But um, you know, as of right now, it, it, it's hard when you watch those games to not think how much, you know, Derek Carr trusts Crabtree. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it is. He's leading the league in touchdowns. I mean, he's tied with a bunch of guys, but he's got five already this year. And, uh, you know, Cooper only has one. So so yeah. it is tough. But it's another one of those situations where, you know, when, you, when you're talking about from here forward for the rest of the year, you can look back at the past and, and kind of be able to evaluate things and, and say, you know, okay, well, you know, Crabtree has gotten the, the red zone targets. He seems like he's the apple of David Carr's eye, Derek Carr's eye, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he's just in this, you know, situation where in the red zone, he's going to be the guy who gets targeted. But Honestly, I mean, that's why I asked it to you, because I, I think it could flip, you know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it does. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper was a first-round draft pick. He, he has the pedigree, and he's younger, and he's emerging still, and it's one of those situations where I, uh, I'm i really curious to see how that, that role sort of plays out, and I'm especially curious to see if Oakland can keep it up, too. Their offense has been fantastic yeah. so far this year. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can get, if they, like, and say, you know, if they can get Cooper some more touchdowns here, I'll, I'll believe in him more. It's just in standard. It's like whenever they get on the goal line or even close to it, like, they want that ball to go to Crabtree. Like, it's obvious. I mean, like, they mm-hmm. just trust his hands. They trust everything about it. And I mean, maybe the other teams are, you know, looking harder at Cooper or putting their best guy on Cooper or doubling him up. I don't know, but um, it just seems like, you know, Crabtree is that crafty veteran who doesn't drop the ball. You know, he has great hands. It's like there just seems to be some kind of connection there as far as when it gets into the red zone that he trusts Crabtree. So, but I can see it either way. I mean, I think they're both going to do fine by the end of the season. They'll both be, you know, effective and, and productive, um, which, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, like you said, start on a clean slate, you know, it's hard to say because Cooper looked great last week, you know? Definitely. It'll Definitely be interesting. Tough. All right, well, <clears throat> the last blackjack player I want to put on the table is Melvin Gordon, another guy I'm getting a lot of questions about. Um, a lot of people don't believe in Melvin Gordon. Yards per carry aren't great. Um, so Melvin Gordon is the car on the table. And the first guy I'm going to throw at you is Eddie Lacy. Wow. Um, Mr. 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 End of the season, you know, picks it up. And, and you know, Gordon started hot, so... Melvin Gordon is a guy who I'm encouraging people to sell, but not for Eddie Lacy. Um, I, I don't like Lacy uh, rest of the season. I, I don't think he's a guy who I can get excited about. And it's one of those situations, too, where like, even though I don't like Melvin Gordon rest of season, he is the only guy in San Diego, and he's going to keep getting a workload. And 
regardless of how you feel about a player's talent, there's a huge, huge, huge amount of running back production that just comes from workload. So I feel like um, in a situation like that, I'd have to ask for more, and uh, I think I'd take the hit. Okay. And if you took a hit, I, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to think of guys that are, again, people are asking questions about that are questionable, that they don't believe in or they're concerned about. What if I put, like, Latavius Murray in the deal? Does that do anything? It doesn't move the needle for me personally. Um, Oakland's offensive line is is really fantastic, so I think that there is definitely that opportunity for Latavius to, to be productive down the stretch. That being said, um, you know when when you're looking at someone like Melvin Gordon, who's been a top five running back so far this season, I think that you really have to you know take stock in that and, and be able to you know ask for what he's worth. And, yeah. And, you know, if someone wants him right now, you you know, gotta pay for him. Even yeah, even if you think that uh, he's not going to do as well as he has done so far, which is kind of the camp that I'm in, I'm still going to put top ten running back value on him just simply because you know he's already produced like that. Yeah, these these kind of trades you see a lot. It's you know guys trying to move two running backs either that have started off slow or that they don't have a lot of faith in moving forward. And even though one's a, a really big name, one is just a you know middle of the pack kind of name, but they try to pair them up and get your one guy that's been productive. You know what I mean? So Definitely. it's just one of those things to think about. Um, all right. So that's it for Fancy Trade Blackjack. Um, as always, guys, pay attention to the names, you know, and the situations, not always just to trade straight up. Now, the last thing I want to do is questions, foul or no fouls. I'm just going to like literally mix in questions with foul or no fouls. I'm gonna just, there were so many questions that I thought were good. Um, some guys I even took multiple questions from. Um, so we're just going to do it all. But obviously, this is the foul or no foul segment. So let's get it ready. Let's go. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. All right. So the first question I have, and a lot of these names, again, are guys, you know, some of them we've already talked about, some we haven't. Um, the first question came from Paul Ryan 15 at Paul Ryan 15 on the Fantasy Life app. And his, his um, I guess this was a foul or no foul. Um, Dak Prescott will finish the season as a Cowboys starter. But Romo will pull a Peyton Manning and take the Cowboys to the promised land. Foul or no foul? Uh, foul, because I don't, I don't think that Dak's going to finish the year as the starter, but I think that that's an interesting analogy of uh, the situation that happened with Osweiler. Um, yeah, I, uh, like I kind of touched on earlier, I think that Romo does get that job when, when he's healthy, but I think it's going to be a situation where because Dak is doing well, they're going to make sure Romo's healthy. So he may get a few extra weeks in there that he wouldn't have otherwise because they don't really have the need to rush him back. So it might not be a situation where he uh, is coming back in the NFL playoffs, but maybe he's not coming back to your fantasy playoffs. So gotcha. like week 12, week 13 is probably when I'd expect him back realistically. There you have it, Paul. Dak will not finish the year as a starter, and I do agree um, because the Cowboys are very loyal to Tony Romo. Um, the next question is from at Two Drink Minimum again, Fantasy Life app, and his his foul or no foul is Le'Veon Bell will finish the season as a top five running back in PPR for the entire season, though not just rest of season. All the all the stats that have been accumulated before he came back and everything, counting every single game. Le'Veon Bell still finishes top five running back PPR, foul or no foul? No foul. Uh, it's a war of attrition at running back. We see this year after year. 
And I think that a lot of people are overreacting to the first five weeks and thinking that, uh, you know, it's not that way this year because we haven't seen nearly as many running back injuries and we've got guys like David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott in the top five at the position already. That being said, Le'Veon Bell is a freak of nature. Uh, if he plays the entire remainder of the season, uh, he's he's going to be huge already. I just pulled it up because I'm curious. And literally in the two games he's played, he's already 30th. So two games, <laughs> and he's at 30th. So I really think that there's huge potential for him. If you just look at his points per game over those two games, he'd be the number. He's he's the number one in points per game, even over Demarco Murray right now. So um, that I feel like says it all. And like I said, you know, it's still really early. I think that people can't overreact to these first five weeks there's gonna be more running back injuries especially to these guys who are a little bit older and these guys who are getting huge workloads it's just you know it's a position that wears you down and and over the course of the season regardless of whether it's a situation where guys are getting injured and they're missing time or if it's a situation where guys are just getting worn down and their production drops off they're not going to be producing as they are right now and you're going to see guys like Le'Veon Bell who haven't played as many games so far this season have the ability to really jump up in the overall rankings. Yeah, he's a little fresher than the other guys right now. <laughs> he had a little break to start the season, so his legs are a little bit fresher. Um, yeah, man, it's hard to deny Le'Veon Bell anything. I mean, it's just one of those guys where it's like you don't even question it. It's just He just is what he is, man. It's just amazing. <laughs> so I don't think you question it, so I, I agree with you on that. The next one is from uh, at Michael underscore Clifford. And we kind of seen a little bit of this last week. I mean, just yesterday. But his uh, foul or no foul is C.J. Anderson workload will get split in half by Booker. Foul or no foul? No foul. Um, granted, uh, on Thursday night, he did have one run that was called back on, on a holding penalty that would have been a nice touchdown that uh, he really he looked just fantastic on. So there are those little glimpses of, of real, real well um well running ability um and you know i think that uh denver is in a situation where hopefully they realize that they've got to rely on the run a little bit more um with that being said i think that's going to work booker in and you know like i've been talking about with all these running backs over the course of a season guys are going to get worn down so it's very common for for second and third string running backs to get more of opportunity shares as, as things go on so I think 50% is, you know, definitely not out of the question. Yeah, especially, hey, man, C.J. Anderson can go down completely. You know what I mean? And Booker's the man at that point. So there's so many, you know, like you said, there's so many variables when it comes to running backs. You know, it's so messy. You know what I mean? You never know um, what's going to happen. But, you know, he's getting more and more as the season's going on. And so you can only imagine that's going to keep trending that, in that direction. So. Um, if not, you know, exactly like you said, split half, you know, it's going to get closer and closer as the season goes on. Um, the next one sent in by at Jacob Niner, Melvin Gordon wouldn't be top 20 running back if Danny Woodhead didn't get hurt, foul or no foul. Man, that's, uh, I mean, we seen what he did, we seen what he did in his rookie season with Woodhead. It didn't look good, but yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna say it's a foul, um, just because I'm I'm looking right now at like who is in the top twenty of the position. And it's and, too and, drastic, right, of a drop. I mean, Giovanni Bernard's in the top twenty of the position, so for me, it's like one of those things where I look at a name like that and I'm not 
like I have Geo in a few leagues, and he hasn't been really worthwhile at all. Um, so all you need are a few big games to put you in the top twenty of the position. So it's almost, in a way, it's almost cheating. Uh, the idea behind it, I think, is is really true. Like if Danny Woodhead was there, that offense would be functioning entirely differently. And because of that, Melvin Gordon would not be the type of player that he is right now. He wouldn't be producing in the way that he is right now. But I think the touchdowns would still be there for the most part. I don't think that Danny Woodhead is, you know, going to be taking a lot of those away from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting, especially projecting towards next year uh, for for dynasty owners. I think that uh, it's definitely something to not, you know, forget about that that Danny Woodhead is there and he is going to come back. I 100% agree, man. I 100% agree. I mean, obviously, it's you know you can't. You, there's there's no way you can look at it and say it wouldn't affect him. It obviously would affect him. Um, like you said, maybe top 20 is drastic, but um, I could definitely say he'd be outside the top 10. You know, maybe he'd be in that you know 15 range even. But there's yeah, definitely it's hard it's hard to say out of the top 20. Like you said, just with yeah. the names that are down there, it's just hard to even say that. <laughs> um, the next one, I mean, like but like you said, good logic on it though. Definitely makes sense. Um, the next one is from at trade master master, uh, however you pronounce it. I always dice it up. Um, both Coleman and Freeman will finish as top 20 running backs. This is kind of along the lines we just spoke about. It's hard to say they wouldn't with the names that we see, but Adam foul or no foul top 20. I, I think that's no foul. Um, like we were talking about before there, there are rooms in these committees for, for multiple running backs to have production and, you know, they've shown it so far. I mean, they're both top 10 PPR running backs right now, which is pretty crazy. Um, but, I mean, we've we've seen it even last year um, in a few different situations. You know, there are these, these backfields where you can have two running backs be successful just based on the fact that their opportunity shares are, are really great and they're put in situations where they can be successful. And uh, I think that, you know, they're – in the best of situations. And, and I love them both from a talent perspective. Um, Devonta Freeman has really, I mean, he's even looked better than I expected him to this year. And, you know, I was a big Coleman guy coming into the year, as you know, and, and Coleman has done everything to make me a happy owner. But uh, I think that both of them, you know, as long as they stay healthy, I think that often that is the caveat for running back is, you know, as long as they stay healthy. Um, but if they do, you know, top 20, I don't think yeah. it's out of the question. I think it's almost a lock. Yeah. Like, like, likewise with Melvin Gordon and, and Danny Woodhead, if it was a PPR league, they probably would both be in the top 20 also. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so a great, yeah. That's a great analogy. Exactly. So those two duos definitely, definitely a good pairing. Um, the next two ones were sent in by at Jetty. They're actually not fantasy football. They're just football in general. Um, his first one is. Miami Dolphins, Cleveland Browns, San Francisco 49ers, Chicago Bears, New York Jets are your top five picks in the 2017 NFL draft. Foul or no foul? Uh, that's a foul <laughs> because the Bears are the kings of screwing themselves over and winning just enough games to make sure we do not get a top five draft. <laughs> um, so being a Bears fan, I'm very well aware that Brian Hoyer is going to lead us to a nice 6-10 and 10 season. Um, where we cannot improve next year and will uh, basically be floundering for another year. So sorry, but uh, but that's not going to happen. The rest of those I think are pretty pretty close to accurate. Um, I'll be really interested to see if Dolphins get an, uh, an early pick if uh, Ryan Tannehill continues to be the franchise quarterback there because he shouldn't be. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if they just 
keep reinvesting in this kid. Listen, Chicago fans, who needs a top five pick? You're going to have Kevin White and Cameron Meredith as your top two wide receivers next year. Am I right? Am I right? Oh, God, yeah, because we're going to move on from Alshon, who's insanely talented for uh, a kid who already is past the AJ Pax in second season. Yeah. Well, Jedi has one other good question, and his other foul or no foul is Raiders finish the season with less than five losses. Foul or no foul? Ooh, um... God, I'd have to look at their schedule because that's like right where I would think that they would be at. You know, what, to, uh, what's funny is I, I, I went on a podcast before um, as a guest on the Sleeper Wire podcast, and there, there's a Bronco fan on there, and um, he made a bet with me. We challenged each other, and basically, whichever my Raiders, if they have the better record against the Broncos or Broncos versus the Raiders, um, whoever loses that, man, has to get their toenails painted with the other team's logo on it. <laughs> So, That's a nice bet. yeah, so I'm hoping the Raiders, you know, the Broncos don't contribute to two of those five losses. <laughs> there better be some photos of that. On <laughs> oh, there will be. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, looking at the Raiders' schedule, I, uh, I think that uh, them being under five losses is definitely realistic. So I'd say that's no foul. Um, they, they have a pretty easy schedule coming up. I mean, they, uh, they, they have a tough matchup this week against the Chiefs, um, like I've been talking about. Unfortunately, man, I do think this is going to be a hard one for them. Um, definitely not going to count them out, but uh, but this is going to be a tougher one for them. And, um, you know, they have some tough divisional matchups still to go. Again, playing the Chiefs uh, another time after this. And the Broncos, I think, will still give them a tough run. But, uh, but yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. I think they'll be right in that range of like ten and six, eleven and five. So, uh, so I think that that's a that's a good prediction. Man, I should ask Raider questions every week. I love hearing that beautiful re- <laughs> that beautiful record that you put behind them just now. It's usually the opposite way around. It's usually like five and eleven, four and twelve. <laughs> um, the next question is sent in. I always this guy told me how to say his name, and I still think I want to say it wrong, but. It's at, I say at Darth Pitchy. I think it's at Darth Phi Chi Chai. Oh man, I forget how it goes. God, I, you're I, brutal. Dude, it's, it's, it's the, uh, I think it's like this, um, what you call it? Um, you know, in college, the uh, frat thing. It's P H I P P I C H I. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. Phi Chai. Phi Chai. I think it's Darth Phi Chai. I think you got it, man. See, this is why Adam is here. You have to have you have to have somebody smart on the podcast. So I'm here for pronunciation. <laughs> so his question is, and especially after yesterday, um, um, Hunter Henry finishes top five in tight end foul or no foul? Oh God, top five! Oh man, that's he's had some big weeks, man. Yeah, no, I'm still gonna say foul. Um, just oh man, it. You know, so if you had to say five in front of him, who would they be? The five in front of him? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think both the New England backs potentially uh-huh. are tight New England tight ends. Yeah, exactly. So I think both Bennett and Gronk could end up finishing top five because I, I think that that offense is going to be insane going forward. I, I can't wait to see the New England uh, Minnesota Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, Greg Olson, obviously, Jordan Reed. So That's right there. Or um, Kyle Rudolph would probably be my fifth. Travis Kelsey would be tough to you know look, overlook there. Yeah. So I mean, Hunter Henry, I, I just I'm shocked by him. I'm blown a away. A rookie, man, a rookie. A 
at tight end too. Like that's the thing is normally the age curve for tight ends are, you know, we got guys breaking out when they're in their late thirties. You know, these guys do not break out early. It's the toughest position to learn in the league. You've got to learn how to be an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. And people, I don't think grasp how difficult that is. And that's why you do not see uh, these tight ends break out young. I mean, yeah, you see a lot of late bloomers at tight end. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the ones who have been drafted recently. I mean, you've got Will Ty, you've got Jason Morrow, Austin Sperian Jenkins. These are guys who are doing nothing. Yep. Uh, but, you know. And then three years from now, we'll be talking about them and they're good. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. yeah. Well, five years from now, even. You yeah. know, it's one of those situations where. It, it's totally unknown when they will be talented, but you know they they showed it in college, so the expectation is they'll show it in the NFL too. But you just really don't know. And normally the uh, the age curve is just way later for these guys to break out at the tight end position. So for Hunter Henry to be doing this in his rookie year, I mean, he uh, he's an exciting guy. If you got him in dynasty leagues, you must just be like losing your mind because uh, for a guy to break out in their rookie year at tight end is is phenomenal and. He looks great. I mean, watching him on Thursday night, he looked dominant. And uh, it's obvious that Rivers really has a lot of trust in him and is going to keep targeting him. And, I mean, Gates is an aging veteran who I think is going to be dialed back as far as his usage goes over the rest of the season. And Henry is just going to be a target monster in that offense. And I think that uh, everything is kind of coming together. You know, Gates got injured. Uh, Not having Keenan Allen there is huge because it frees up a ton of targets. Losing Woodhead. Yeah, exactly. Losing Woodhead. I mean, San Diego is having to figure out playing from behind a ton. Exactly. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how to win when they, you know, are basically decimated at all these different positions. And I think that uh, Henry is showing himself to be reliable. And Philip Rivers is a, I mean, he's a really underrated quarterback. And I think that uh, he's locking in on Henry big time. And, you know, Henry's one of those guys who presents a tough matchup as far as, you know, having linebackers guarding him in the passing game and i just i don't know i I think he definitely has top 10 upside um but i think top five it's tough to say at this point yeah yeah definitely i I definitely agree top eight ten sounds you know believable at this point from what we're seeing at least up until this point um but pushing into the top five i think is pushing it just a little bit too much but you know crazier things have happened man crazier things have happened um the next one is from at Dem Bones, and his que- his, his foul or no foul is Rawls will have zero fantasy value this season. Foul or no foul? Obviously, zero is just you know. Yeah, I know what he means. Yeah. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say no foul though. Uh, I I don't think Rawls has value. Um, I didn't draft him once, even in an NFL ten. Like he is not on any roster anywhere for me. Uh, I did not believe in him. That being said, I didn't see Christian Michael coming. I was a, a big CJ Procise guy until he got injured. Um, so for me, I really thought that's the direction that offense was going to go and it was going to become more pass happy. It hasn't gone that way. But Rawls is just, I think he's being overlooked as far as, you know, on that depth chart, they're not really interested in, you know, giving him a lot of touches. And as far as fantasy relevance goes, I think that he's going to be a fantasy irrelevant player. Yeah. And see, I was the opposite, man. Coming into the season, I was like, oh, yeah, baby beast mode. Marshawn Lynch is gone. This guy is going to do it. And obviously, I'm looking really bad right now. Um, I'm still going to be in a small minority just because I bought it so hard 
I'm gonna I'm still gonna believe that Rawls can do something. I mean, last year he had some crazy games, man. Crazy. And just to think that that was nothing, man, that that meant nothing, is hard for me, man. I just feel like, you know, obviously no one's seen Michaels come in, and Michaels is looking great. So that obviously puts a, puts a dent in it. But there is, like, I have a dynasty league where I traded for Rawls, and then, you know, once he got hurt, I traded for Michaels after they signed him. So I have both, but it's like I'm not going to cut Rawls right now. Like, I still feel like there's a, a place for him there. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I know I'm in a very small minority with that, but um, – I still think it's there's tough, something. Man. When you fall in love with guys, I, I still have Buck Allen on a roster. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Especially in Dynasty. Tough. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes rosters are really deep. You're like, might as well just keep them. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when you're looking at a waiver wire that's got like no one on it. Yeah. So it makes you're, it easier. You're like, Cadet. You know, don't want to pick up Cadet. No, I'll just keep my guy that I believed in. <laughs> <laughs> Number, let's see what else we got here. Um, is this from Dem Bones too? I think I, got, I think I have a few from Dem Bones here. So I think these next couple are from Dem Bones also. Um, this isn't a foul or no foul though, but name one player that you see for rest of season that will have the biggest turnaround. Um, you know, whether it's a negative turnaround or a positive, it doesn't really matter. He wants to hear either one. Um, but just one player who you think could do a real big turnaround right now. Man, so uh, I already talked up Alshon, so I feel like that uh, that might not be uh, not might not be fair. So <sighs> big turnaround, um, man. It's kind of tough, and like I said, it can be either way. It can go negative or positive. So yeah, exactly. Um, I'm yeah. I'm trying to think of guys who like we perceive as as being really bad too. Like guys, like, like a just... guy for me. Like you know, I feel like, and I, I know people don't believe in him. I know I've heard stuff where he just doesn't get things like the playbook and stuff. But I think Colin Kaepernick, man, from a guy who nobody thought was going to play because of Gabbert, to now being given this opportunity, like at least in fantasy terms, especially if you're in a league that gives points to carries or you know anything like that. I feel like how bad can he be? Like, we all, I mean, does anybody think Gabbard is really that talented? Like, you know, he, he was putting up decent numbers. You know what I mean? Um, when you count rushing yards and all that kind of stuff, he wasn't, like, terrible. Like, there's worse than him. So it's like, how bad can Kaepernick be? Like, from a guy who was on the bench, you know, for the first five weeks of the season, he could have a pretty big turnaround. Yeah, I mean, Kaepernick showed throughout his career that he was kind of a one-read guy. Now, the Chip Kelly offense, if there's any offense that really plays to his strengths, it's Chip Kelly's offense. Yeah. And like you're saying, I mean, if it's in a you know league that awards points per carry, is you know, Gabbert uh, in one league I'm in that's point per carry and point for first downs was, uh, you know, top 14 quarterback. I think he was 13th uh, through the five weeks that he played. So, you know, there's definitely opportunity in those sort of formats. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not a Kaepernick believer uh, in that regard. Um, but, you know, in those special formats, I think that, uh, that he definitely has potential. What about, um, do you, can you think of any player who you think is, is doing really good that you just don't see it continue? I mean, we spoke about Melvin Gordon a bunch. Obviously, that's like an obvious one that we think can kind of falter but not be terrible. But um, is there any guy who's like, that you just, that you hear about and people like him and he's doing good and you just like are not buying it at all. You're just like, man, this has got to stop. <laughs> you know, 
it, it's tough. There hasn't been anybody who like jumps out at me. I mean, you're gonna hate it, but honestly, like that's kind of how I feel about Derek Carr. Um, I I just don't see him being a top five fantasy quarterback. I don't really even see him being a top ten fantasy quarterback wow. throughout the rest of the year. But yeah, I mean that that I guess would be my hot take is I see Derek Carr dropping off a ton. Um, but you know looking at their schedule like we just were it's hard to say that because they're not facing a lot of tough defenses so it's it's one of those situations where you know that's how I felt coming into the year but I'm kind of having to change my tune even though I, I've never been a big Derek Carr guy what about a guy who can have a turnaround in Fleener Fleener you think could do it no no I, I really don't um I mean you know it seems like they're focusing in on him a little bit more in the offense and um you know He's outside the top 15 of the position right now, so I think there's definitely room for improvement, but I'm not really thinking that he's going to break out and have like a, oh. a huge rebound. Honestly, I think you know if I had to talk about it, it would be the two big wide receivers, um, you know, Alshon, who I already talked about, but I think the other one would probably be uh, Al, uh, Allen Robinson, who, uh, you know, Odell Beckham's also struggled a ton so far this season. I think eyes have often been on him, but Allen Robinson has not performed very well so far. And uh, I think that uh, he really does have an opportunity coming off of the bye to uh, be able to get back into the swing of things here and, and really start producing for that offense. What about this guy, Sammy Watkins? The oh, name that I didn't want to bring up. You finally get your opportunity. Oh, man. You know how I feel about Sammy Watkins. Once he's healthy, he'll be a top, you know, 20 fantasy wide receiver. And people will be saying, like, oh, you know, I didn't need him. He wasn't going to do anything oh, Adam, for me. Adam, he's so smart. He Adam called it. He will win fantasy championships. I'm saying it. Uh, I've uh, said it all year. I disagree, I man. I know. It's one of those situations, too, where, like, obviously, everywhere that I drafted him, I shouldn't have because you know, <laughs> he didn't play. But uh, if I had that magic crystal ball that told me that Keenan Allen was going to get injured, I wouldn't have drafted him either. So, you know, uh, Watkins, we already knew he was injured, but that's the hardest thing about the NFL offseason is, you know, you know these players are injured, but then everybody, you know, talks like they're, they're not and they're yeah. going to be just fine. and. Um, really a lot of the talk around Sammy Watkins was that he, he was fine. He was going to, you know, come out and, um, be able to, to play opening day. And, uh, it hadn't, you know, turned out to be that way at all. And it'd be interesting to go back in time and see what would have happened if they would have sat him at the beginning of the year instead of rushing him out there. But, you know, none of us have a time machine. So, yeah, yeah it's one of those things where if I could buy him right now from someone like stupid low, I would do it. I mean, just to do it. Um, especially if my team was doing well, you know, what I mean, I got a winning record. I'm kicking, you know, kicking butt. I got space on my bench, but it's just like, it's just so hard, man. Like, I, I, di I didn't draft him in any leagues because I knew he was gonna go too high for my comfort level. Um, and I, and I see what you're saying, where he could win you playoffs, you know, uh, fantasy playoffs. Um, but it's just, I, you know, just a foot on a wide receiver, and then like the things I was reading, like from him, like oh, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm just gonna deal with it all season. I was just like, oh god, I hated hearing that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have to deal with it all season. It just sounds bad. Like, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I guess some of the, sometimes these things are just rest. You know, what I mean, and maybe he'll come back like it never happened. But I just... yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. 
definitely he shouldn't have been going where he did. I shouldn't have drafted him in any of the spots that I took him. That but if you didn't, said, you wouldn't have got him, though. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and that being said, he's in a position now where he avoided surgery, which is huge. And it seems like it's a situation where he, he needs rest, and he's stuck getting that rest. He's on IR, so they can't rush him back now. And, you know, they don't have anyone who's emerging in that offense. It's not a situation where, you know, Tyrod Taylor has found, like, some new target that he just loves to have. They're really floundering. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to make that offense work. And I think that uh, if they have any playoff contention coming down the stretch, Sammy Watkins is going to be huge. That, I think, is a big question, is if Buffalo can put anything together to be in any sort of playoff contention down the stretch to make it a situation where they don't just think, oh, we you know, don't want to rush Sammy back, let's just let him sit out the year. Um, I doubt that that's going to be the case, because uh, I think that based on Rex's you know, situation there, and me personally thinking that he's going to be done after this year if they don't really you know, put together a nice record or, or you know, make the playoffs or something, um, so I think that there is that potential for Sammy to, to, you know, come back at the end of the year and for them to be looking to win games down the stretch, regardless of if it's for playoff contention, just because Rex is still going to try and keep a job there. So there, there's that upside, man. And, and I gravitate to it. You know, I, I, uh, I think that guys like that can win fantasy championships because he has that pedigree to be able to be a wide receiver one for fantasy and, on any given week, he can be that. It's just a matter of if he comes back and he plays at the you know elite level that he knows he can, or if he comes back and he's still dinged up. So being such a strong believer that you are in him, if you're in a league where you're doing good, your record's good, like if someone came at you with a trade, would you even entertain it? Or are you like, get out of here. Like, this is my guy. Um, No, so you're asking if somebody was trying to trade to acquire Sammy yeah. Watkins? Yeah, I don't really see myself giving him up because I don't think that anybody's going to offer anything that's really worthwhile. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've got him in a few leagues, and I, I'm stashing him because, like I said, I mean, I do think he'll come back at the end of the year, and I think he'll be a top 20 wide receiver when he does. And I think that, uh, you know, he has the pedigree that I want in that kind of player. You know, I'm not, I'm not holding on to guys who are injured that might come back who, you know, haven't shown that ability, but... Sammy has, and, and he did it in his rookie year, and, you know, we're only in his second season, so I think that, uh, you know, he he has that upside, and I'm sure <laughs> this won't be the last time that, uh, that we talk about it, because, you know, he'll eventually be back. Yeah, I'll keep trying to get you off of it, man. I'm going to try every week. It's my mission, to, you know, to get you to say, I've given up. <laughs> try to talk me off the I'm going to try to talk you. And, and what about you being a Chicago fan and he's struggling and stuff? Would you, tr- would you so if someone offered you Jeffrey for Watkins, would you take it just because he's playing or no? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so that's I mean, like an obvious those, for you. Yeah, those, yeah. I, I thought you were talking more like no, yeah, just Cameron some, Meredith or something. Yeah. Like that, I'll give you a Curly not, for Watkins. Exactly. You're um, like, nah, I'm good. Appreciate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I have like one more, I think, or two more. Um, Dem Bones also asked, um, OBJ finishes outside top five rest of the season, foul or no foul? Finishes out the top five rest of season? Yeah, wide receiver. Like he ends the season uh, uh, outside the top five? Yeah. Or from this point forward, he's outside the top um, five? Just from this, point, really this point going forward. So from this point going forward outside the top five, um, I mean, I still think it's no foul, um, but that he at least has more potential with. Um, 
you know, would you buy low on OBJ right now? Oh, definitely. I'd try and buy low on him. But that being said, I mean, it's hard though. I, man. He's not. I, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody's selling him for low. I haven't seen him go low, even though that that's you know what every fantasy analyst on every podcast seems to be saying <laughs> is you know go, go acquire OBJ, and it's like, well, you know, everybody's hearing that, so no one who hasn't is giving him up. I have him in a few leagues. I'm not trading nah. him because. You know, he's in a position right now where, you know, no one expects him to drop lower than he is right now. So anything from here is is a net gain. And unless somebody's coming at me and offering, you know, top five wide receiver value, I'm not trading him because he has that potential. I don't necessarily think he's going to live up to it because ultimately he hasn't so far. And I'm not going to bank on him just having this ridiculous turnaround. But I think that, you know, He's still going to have his big weeks there, and those big weeks are going to win me fantasy games. And I'd rather have a guy like that on my roster than to be, you know, trading him for, you know, a guy or two who have that potential but haven't shown it in the way that OBJ has. Yeah, if you have OBJ, sit tight. That's definitely our recommendation. Um, and the last one I'm going to throw at you for today um, is. At school crushers, Josh Gordon never plays football again. Foul or no foul? I'm going to say foul only because I think he'll get a job in the CFL. Uh, (laughs) So wrong, man. So wrong. (laughs) Hey, man. I'm pretty sure that weed is like legal there, or at least the laws are lesser. I don't really know. I'm, I'm. Somebody from Canada can tell me exactly yeah. the laws, but uh, <laughs> you you mentioned it actually on, on one of the previous podcasts that it may not be weed though; it may be like an alcohol thing or something. That well, actually, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that the way he you know has addressed it with actually going into rehab for it, I, I don't think it is necessarily just weed, but I think that uh, he obviously enjoys smoking. And, uh, <laughs> uh, if he's going to create that as his livelihood, you know. He's one of those guys who, if he ends up going to the CFL, he'll put butts in the seats, and you know that'll get him a paycheck. Oh yeah, for sure. Ultimately, if he wants to play football again, that might be the route he has to take. Because I don't know if anybody in the NFL is going to give him a shot. Like like Tim Tebow in baseball, like people that are never going to games are like Tim Tebow's here in the minor leagues. Let's go watch him. You know, exactly. <laughs> now exactly. he's praying over people who are having seizures and stuff. It's like, are you trying to tell me if Josh Gordon played in the CFL that you wouldn't be trying to figure out a way to watch? Oh yeah, I'd watch. I'm a Josh be Gordon believer, baby. So if he if he can get 100 yards and a touchdown in the NFL, I can only imagine what he's gonna do in the CFL. <laughs> <laughs> be crazy. That's, yeah, I mean that or Arena Football League. <laughs> yeah, either one. I'm watching. I'm game. The um the, the last comment though, not not a foul or no foul, but from at Shy Ruxin on the Fantasy Life app, he said Thursday night football is the worst. This is true, man. We can't argue the, it. If, the only good thing is getting to watch a live stream on Twitter. That that, that is, stream is that amazing. is dope, man. <laughs> it's not only dope, but like I feel like it's better than HD. Now that's because I don't normally watch TV in HD, probably. But I don't know. It's so <laughs> it's so crystal clear. It's weird. Well, having it on your phone like that and stuff is just so convenient, yeah, man. Like it's cool too. It just works. It just works. It, everything works about it. But definitely. Clock Dodgers hot take from Neil and Adam. If you're playing Thursday Night Football, play your kicker. Um, <laughs> especially if you're playing against Adam, play your kicker. Because every time we're watching the game and we do this podcast, we're like, man, that kicker really went off today. It's like, 
it's pretty much a lock at this point that yeah ki- i should just start tweeting it out anytime that i'm playing against a kicker on thursday <laughs> night, so I, you know, so i'm just gonna start looking for kickers you know if you're if you're streaming kickers man you know just look for kickers that are playing thursday night and just kind of roll the dice because it can't be any worse you know what i mean <laughs> it seems like a good option i mean Honestly, like one of the trends that I saw a lot last year were that uh, running backs tended to do really well on Thursday nights and passing games just tended to do awful. Now that hasn't been the case. I mean, really, this year so far, Thursday nights, with the exception of uh, that one Buffalo game that was really exciting, have just kind of been a complete fantasy wasteland. But uh, but yeah, kickers. Yeah, man. Listen, listen. Matt Harmon's got his, his wide receivers. Um, people got their running backs and quarterbacks. And Danny- listen, we specialize in Thursday night kickers. <laughs> we gotta find our niche somewhere and we found it thursday night kickers if we're experts in anything it's that so podcast that comes out friday <laughs> listen man, hey listen that's listen hot takes okay it comes out friday you'll know the day after and it's maybe too late but that's okay because maybe you'll do it next week or something i don't know anyway man this was a good this is a long one man we got a lot, a lot of information here for people. So that's that's really it. I mean, do you have anything? I mean, we've pretty much covered everything you can cover. But is there anything that you think we've missed, Adam, that we need to cover before we go? Uh, anything important? You know, any facts? Any stats? Anything? You know, you know, like um, a lot of these sites and stuff, like they throw out these crazy stats every single week. It's like they got guys who just fish for stats. I mean, if you got... Some crazy stat. Like, this is the first time such and such has ever bounced the ball off of this and that. I mean, anything, man, that we missed? Just start Mason Crosby next week. Start Mason Crosby next week? (laughs) That is a lock. We're we're projecting 13 to to 20 points for Mason Crosby next week. So if you're a kicker, if you're in a kicker league, I'm actually in a lot of leagues that aren't kickers anymore, man. There's no kickers. Yeah, me too. It's it's the trend, man. We're, we're We're trend followers, man. We're like, what? No kickers? Let's do it. But, yeah, man, that's it for this week. Um, obviously, uh, we'll be back again next week, uh, a day earlier, <laughs> hopefully. If everything, if there's no hurricanes and nothing else, you'll hear us next Friday morning or something, something like that. But uh, that's it for us, man. It was another good one, Adam. And I will see you next week. All right. Always a pleasure, Neil. Have a good night, man. You too. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.